sing, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. They're giving away puppies in the back of their van. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? All right. Welcome to Anything Goes. Normally Dave Martin does this part of the show, but he is not with us this week. He has a job and he's trying to pay his rent, that poor little man. But that just means that everyone's going to get their points out this week because no one's going to be long-winded. Yes, welcome to Anything Goes, the show where we talk about shit and shit talks about us. Isn't that, isn't that nice? That should be on a t-shirt somewhere. My name is Little Darren Frost and joining me this week is our lovely co-host Christina Walkinshaw is here. Hi, everybody. Yeah. And our special guest sitting in for Dave Martin, a return guest to the program, Paul Meyerhoog is here. Hey, what's up? Yeah. So, uh... This weekend, I was really nowhere, just kind of hanging out, shooting the shit, looking at news stories uh, to bring into the show. But what about you, Christina? Where were you? Are you anywhere? Uh, you know what? I, I'm working for the Genie Awards this week, so I went out and I watched a whole bunch of lovely French-Canadian cinema. Ooh. I watched Café de Flore and Monsieur Lazare, and they were amazing. Now, please explain to everybody listening to this what the Genie Awards are. That sounds like, you know, some kind of secretary award, doesn't it, really? For everyone else who doesn't know what the Genies are, what the, is the Genie Awards? Yes, the Genie Awards, um, they give out awards awarding um, excellence, excellence in-, in Canadian cinema. Wow. Yay. Yay. Wow. And is there like a Bob and Doug Lifetime Achievement Award at the Genies, or is there some kind of strange brew uh, award or no? Uh, no. Well, maybe you should do that. You're writing for the... You should, not, you should do that little joke joke. Do a special award yeah. for the most hockeyish movie in Canada this uh, year. Well, there'll, there'll only be one. That hockey musical, Goon. right? Or Goon. No, what about Goon? But Goon's just coming out, so That's it can't true. be it can't be right. at the Genies. That's Come on. I, I, I'm not working for them. I know it fucking works. It's, there's got to be a cutoff date. Ooh, but you know what I did do, though? So I went to the Varsity to watch uh, Monsieur Lazar. You know you could drink in that movie theater? Can you really? Yeah, Ooh. so I was like, I double-fisted two glasses of red wine while watching subtitles. Nice. How's that for skills, Fuck. boys? How many hand jobs, though? Yeah. How many hand jobs did you give out? Oh, uh, just one. Just guy just beside your... me, he missed oh. last call. I felt bad for him. Nice. And is it your own alcohol, or do you got to buy it at the bar? No, you buy it from the no, actual. There's little like waitresses. They come in, and they serve you. $9 a shot. Fuck that shit. And you just bring in your own Mickey and just keep ordering pop. <laughs> Coincidentally, I did have a bottle of wine exactly. in my purse. But that was for later. I, I know. I'm just stretch rolls. my supplies. Give me the shit that I'm drinking and paying for it. I know how you roll. <laughs> the only time you want to pay for something is, is this got to go in my mouth? I'm going to pay for this in the morning, right? Isn't that? That's put too up, far. Up, I like it. <laughs> well, we got a little... <laughs> Uh, a couple of news stories I wanted to talk about. Uh, some crazy shit that's going on. But before we get to that, uh, Paul, where were you this weekend? Were you anywhere? You were downtown Toronto, weren't you? Yeah, downtown Toronto at the at the Uke Ukes downtown on Richmond Street. One of the uh, the the big clubs in the country for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always fun, and uh, you know what? It was a great weekend, and I like it because the acts that you are with change every night, so you get to work with about uh, fifteen different comedians every weekend. It's awesome for sure, and you've done that 
you've done the club before a few times now, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how many times, but um, yeah, probably five. Times right. So the, like yeah. the new car smell is kind of off of it now. It's not like it's still fun to do, but it's not like oh my god, I'm doing that same venue again. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and and I used because the the other guys make it really hard on you. Like the first time you do that club, the, they come down and uh, and buy you lots of shots and try yes. to bury you. Oh and yeah, stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so the first time you play it is really nervous, but once you get by the first time, then you're like, you know what, I'm uh, you you're, uh, you don't have to go through that rookie initiation anymore. So, right. Uh, so it's okay. And this is kind of like a mini tour for you right now because you are uh, on your way to the UK, right? And you're like going to be based out of the UK after this por- portion of your tour, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got um, I got the one more festival this weekend in uh, Kitchener Waterloo, and then uh, going to Calgary to do a debate uh, uh, right after that, and then fly Calgary to Gatwick, and then uh, as of then I I uh, base out of the UK for the next two years right isn't that what you said your plan is two years to try it out and... yeah two uh two-year visa and uh and then we'll see what happens after that now have you have you been to the UK before yeah I toured there uh, a couple of times the last time I was there for 20 days or so so um uh I really like it um uh I I still have a bunch of work to do a few showcases to do and right. stuff like that but um but yeah I, I absolutely love it but though. overall like even outside of comedy like because I'm British and I don't want to live in England <laughs> uh, I've said that many times it's just like everyone thinks it's kind of like this amazing place where everyone's got fucked up teeth and they buy you beers and it's ah <laughs> but you know some of that's true but some of it you know no, it's a pretty uh, rough place oh it's mostly just fucked up like uh, there's a couple of bads and uh, uh, the night bus is the worth because when you do gigs outside of London and um, whoever's driving you drops you off uh, wherever. Not unlike Toronto here, where just right. the closest. Uh, and if the tubes close, then you got to negotiate the night buses home. And sometimes it can be between three and four hours. And I mean, I, I was getting hassled. I had things thrown at me, and um, <laughs> and uh, they, the packs of teenagers was untie my shoelaces and shove me around. And then I'd, I'd tell them to fuck off, and they'd, they'd catch my Canadian accent and say, "Go do South Park, say South Park things." <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Do that, sir, and I'll tie your shoes again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, yeah, like it's a rough town. It's a, right. Yeah, so um, so my plan was uh, when I I knew I was gonna live there, and I was like, I'm I'm through with these night buses. I'm gonna get a motorcycle license and uh, and get a motorcycle, so I don't have to take those fucking right. buses anymore. I th- I honestly think it's gonna be more safe riding a motorcycle than it is gonna be. Well, yeah, some kind of that or scooter situation in in London would be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you went while you were there, was there ever some little kid you know running out? You want a turkey, sir? Do you need a turkey, sir? <laughs> it's Christmas Day, it's Christmas, sir. Do you want a turkey? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Brits. Um, and then, uh, and you've already got some other kind of touring set up, like in other countries. That's the great thing about Britain. A lot of North American, uh, you know, people don't understand that a lot of comics want to move to England because they can use that as a base and then go to elsewhere, like you know yeah. Singapore or Korea or wherever you want to go. Yeah, it's all possible. From here, it's a twenty-hour flight. From That's there, right. it's not so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they'll fly. They'll fly you right out. The first tour is, um, oh, for fuck's sake! Oh, I forgot shot. to put my phone on silent. <laughs> Oopsies! Unbelievable! Fuck, and I don't even recognize oh this number. God. Look at all those fives. Do I answer oh. it? No, no that's a that? bill collector for sure. Five, five, so? five, 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 We're five, five. Calling from a TV show. <laughs> Isn't that a fucking movie number? Yeah, you're that's right. the number. Right? What the fuck? Look, it's all fives. Jesus oh my god! That's spooky. Hollywood oh. is calling right no, no, now. They better for leave you. a message. Fuck! I thought Kathleen McGee was Hollywood. Look at you! You're getting fucking Steven Spielberg calling you. While the show is on, uh, she at least had the classiness to go. I'll take that later. <laughs> Sorry, there, Meyer. Oh, like, that's okay. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, those international tours, and and that's exactly right. The first one is through Singapore, Cambodia, Indonesia, and a week in India. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, it's unbelievable to get a chance to go do that sort of thing. Right. And, and you don't even have to be a special comic to, um, I mean, these gigs uh, are sort of just laying around and, yeah. and, and the British guys don't like taking it because it's too much travel. So Right, for them, they've already done it. It's kind of like, it's like when you're a young comic, right? When you get to go on the road and eat hot dogs every day, you're like, fuck, wow, I get to eat hot dogs every day. Yeah. But then you get to a certain age, you're like, oh, fuck, am I going to eat another hot dog? But <laughs> there's always someone who wants to eat that hot dog, yeah, right? Hell you know? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, now for you... Um, you know, your comedy obviously travels because you've done it before. But do you think you're going to get to a point where I know a lot of uh, Canadians that go there, they eventually, their act almost becomes something that can only play over there. And then they have a tough time coming back here because the pacing is different. I mean, the pacing is a lot slower over there. You can get away with more words and here it's a lot punchier. You know what I mean? Do you, yeah. do you think that might be a problem? I think so for sure. Because um, uh, when I was a younger comic and the guys I knew that lived in the U.K., I would come home and I'd and the other guys in the back of the room would say, "Why isn't he writing? Like he just yeah. he moved over there and doesn't and didn't write." And then when the first time I went there, I was like, "Holy shit! You're they're not writing because you have to write a whole new act uh, to survive out there." So right. and that's not going to travel home at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean already. Um, the first couple of shows you do are just brutals and uh, and then you start writing specifically so I don't know hopefully uh, hopefully because it's more international stuff and I still want to keep up um, uh, obviously touring some in the US and some military stuff so hopefully that what I write is like for for stays for everybody right but yeah we'll, we'll have to see it seems like the British people love specific British things they oh yeah for absolutely sure absolutely eat it up so yep. so yeah yeah because totally... I've seen you know I've seen a lot of British acts and some of the bigger ones and you know moderate size I hear their jokes, and I'm like, really? I mean, I know it's behind there, but it's like, fuck, man. That, that joke is 20 years old here, yeah. and it's just a you know, little moderation on it. Oh, but yeah. then you see some people, it's like writing such brilliant stuff. I really do believe that you know, the Brits can, ha can kind of hold their own against the North Americans, but there's just as much hack there. And sometimes we're subjected to that, you know, being performing with them or whatever, seeing it on TV. But, man, there's some fucking funny guys over there. Big time. And, and it's funny what's, uh, what's a little bit more acceptable over there than in North America. Like, uh, um, you know, if, 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 you are, if you're a guitar guy, which, which I am sometimes, yeah, but yeah. we get down, um, you know, your peers out here will get down at you if you're doing parodies. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But over there, parodies are, like, not only accepted but beloved. Like, yeah. you, there are so many, and, and they're huge acts that do it. So um, it's funny just it, the Isn't it funny that comics will hack on other comics for, you know, prop act or whatever, mm -hmm. but no one ever says that about Weird Al Yankovic, who I fucking love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know who I love because what he does is brilliant. But, yeah. you know, no one ever calls him a fucking hack or prop act, right? No way, yeah. No, yeah. just bitter comics. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> fat, bitter comics. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> We'll move on from that. Uh, the, uh, one of the news stories I wanted to talk about I found very interesting this week is uh, a 10 and 11-year-old girl. Uh, girls were caught in California. Uh, they were expelled after attempting poisoning their teacher. Uh, they tried to put rat poison in a cupcake and give it to their teacher. Their ages were 10 and 11 in California. Isn't that fucking crazy? That's crazy, yeah. See, I thought uh, when you when we originally told me about this story, I thought it was the teacher that poisoned the kids, but that's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's acceptable. But now, yeah. the, no, no, this is ridiculous. But, you know, that's, you know, how do they even know at age 10 and 11 to put fucking rat poison in? A, you know, thank you, Internet. You know, Ugh. the pros and cons of the Internet. Oh, that's gross. They're not all just whacking off the Justin Bieber videos. They're fucking <laughs> getting shit down and putting it in a little fucking cupcake. But hopefully when they make the cupcakes, they're probably listening to Justin. 
Justin Bieber as they think. See, this is why I'm glad the internet wasn't around when I was a kid, because I fucking hated some of my teachers, and I don't even want to know what I'd probably put in their fucking drinks, or I probably would have roofied a couple by now, for sure, by age 10 and 11. <laughs> I would have fucking roofied them and watched them try to teach a swim class and just sink to the bottom. Fuck you, phys ed teacher. Fuck you. Then all of a sudden I'm at the principal's office. Did they succeed? Did they? Did well, they the teacher... brought the cupcake to, to class, and yeah. the teacher did not eat it, I guess. Oh, what a yeah. What an absolute. Uh, the bitch. poison attempt was foiled when one of the students had second thoughts and knocked a cup of coffee out of the teacher's hand as she tried to drink it. Mm. Well, I guess I'm sorry. It wasn't a cupcake. It was cupcake and her coffee. So uh, one of them mm. had second thoughts. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Huh. Very cool. Isn't that fucking weird? Nice little But, I mean, I, I didn't like some of my what teachers. And what I love now is, because I'm in stand-up, sometimes friends of them will come to one of my shows. Like, this happened two or three weeks ago. I was in a small town. And this guy's like, oh, I know the guy who taught you dram. And I'm like, I feel like going, yeah, that guy was a cunt. He was not a nice guy to me. He was never nice to me. He was an asshole. And he's like... This guy at the show is like, but you're a fucking hilarious, and oh, my God, you're great. And that guy is such a nice guy, that teacher, isn't he? And I had to go, yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't, the guy likes me. You know, I'm already bad enough and antisocial enough. I can't just go, no, fuck that guy. He was never good to me. Fuck him. He never picked me for the lead in a, a play. I had to be a fat guy in a Shakespeare side. <laughs> yeah, I was, I never, I never just like, like teachers, but I feel so bad. We, in grade seven, um, we had one teacher, Mr. Regenbald, that lost control of our class completely, and we did bad things. Like, I used to call him over and uh, ask him to bend down and look at my homework, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I would fix my hair in his bald spot <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and and uh, we were convinced that he was uh, hitting on, our, on, on the girls in the grade 7 class, so we would put chalk on the corner of the desks and, right. uh, and then call him over. And because we thought he would rub his cock on the desk, and then he'd walk, uh, he'd walk around with chalk <laughs> on the front of his pants. <laughs> the rest of the day, we were so mean to that guy. I still feel oh, bad. Oh, oh, oh. We had terrible. one teacher who was a history teacher, and everyone thought she was a bit of a drunk and a little bit of a loose cannon. And these kids just started fucking around, and she went crazy. And they flipped the table over, they set it on fire, and just started like running around it. And she freaked out. She left the class, and she never came back. Like just the rest of the semester, we just had a different teacher. No one ever saw her again. And just put put her over the edge oh yeah nervous breakdown fucking nervous break i didn't do it i was just a spectator i didn't do anything i didn't try to knock that coffee out of her hand but i enjoyed the ride i'll tell you that much <laughs> did you... i don't know no i liked all my te- well i mean obviously i liked I was, all my teachers i was a big goody goody i was a goody goody in high school and in elementary school right so i even the bitchiest ta- uh, even the bitchiest teacher i'd always try to make her like me and I didn't care how bitchy she was. I was like, I'm going to make this teacher like me. It's just like real life now, dealing with women all the time. At least I know how to get the bitches to like me. Yes. I, I remember in, in, grade, in, in grade eight, when you go from grade eight to grade nine, your grade eight teacher had a lot of power over you, actually, because you had to submit what level of class you were going to take. Back when I was a kid, it was either advanced, general, or basic. And if you picked advanced, you could maybe eventually go to university. If you picked general, you might be able to go to college. And if you pick basic, you're fucking done. You're going to have to weld or, or do something through a, a, that kind of thing, like um, a trade or something. And my teacher hated me, so he said basic. And your parents had to sign off on this, and my mom went in and argued with him and argued with him and said, no, my son's smarter than that. He's going to take advance, and you're going to sign this. And eventually he signed it. He was dead set against it. And, of course, I went to university, got really good grades, and now I'm a bitter, fat comic. But <laughs> I remember in 95 when I got back from Europe after quitting my job, I had to work at a blockbuster video just to pay rent, mm-hmm. you know, before comedy took over. 
and that teacher came into the Blockbuster uh, video <laughs> and was just looking at me going, so this is what you're doing, huh? Uh, I couldn't go, yeah, but I got a degree in marketing, A+, plus, and I made a lot of money. I went to Europe, and now I'm just doing this to fill time. He's like, yeah, when is Turner and Hooch due back? <laughs> Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> Fuck you. That's great. I have a lot of issues. All right, we got to go for a break. And when we come back, I'm sure we'll talk to our, our host, and our host, sorry, our guest that's in this week, uh, Jason Blanchard, is going to be in here. We'll talk about teachers, the military, and cruise ship comedy, which I know that uh, Mayor Hoog has some thoughts on as well. And so when we come back from the break, that's what we'll be doing with Jason Blanchard. And you thought your mother catching you masturbating was uncomfortable. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hey, this is Dave Raha, stand-up comic from Toronto, and you're listening to Anything Goes. Listen to it. From an undisclosed location obeying all their court orders, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, we're back from the break, and join us in the studio, uh, the host of Bite TV Stand Up and Bite Me competition, and a comedian, and has traveled all around the world in the recent months on cruise ships and other venues. We have Jason Blanchard in the studio. Thanks yeah. for coming in, Jason. Uh, it's yeah, nice yeah, to yeah. be here, guys. Thanks so much. So in the last few months, you've been traveling quite extensively, because I know the, the, the show isn't in production right now for Bite TV, but you've been filling out your schedule with a lot of cruise comedy and other venues. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. Uh, right. Comedy on a cruise ship. Because everybody, it's always that old guy with the, with the, you know, these old jokes that they all recycle. And uh, basically what Carnival did was they just fired all their jugglers and magicians and hypnotists. Hypnotists. Right. And they put a comedy club on the ship. So there's two comics at a time. Right. Now, you know, you, you've also, on your way up, you didn't really, I know you did a lot of comedy clubs, I mean, I know that, but you also did a lot of other type shows as well, whether it's your own shows or shows for the troops, which we're going to get into a little bit later on. And now with this whole cruise kind of angle, how much is it obviously paying rent and how much is it that it's rewarding comedy for you? Actually, both. I mean, okay. what what uh, the toughest part about anything with the cruise ships is, I mean, we we do five shows, right? Right. Two family-friendly. And when I say that, I don't mean like corporate. I mean little kids. Yeah, I know. Like eight-year-olds and six-year-olds are there. I know. At the show. So you, Yikes. Yeah, well, that's... I can't, the, so I can't do the cruises. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is you can. Like it's... it's You don't uh, gear your, your all your jokes to the kids. You just find a way to kind of include them. Right. But then the R-rated shows, you do... Like I am probably the cleanest comic I have seen on a cruise ship. Right. But, but I am the dirtiest out of any of them on the R shows. Right. That's cool. I didn't know that you got the, the break with the R shows. Oh, that's yeah. That's great. And, and, and that's, I mean, you talk about the great clubs, so imagine a lounge, because it's not the big theater we do it, it's in the back, so the those rooms hold anywhere from 350 to 600 people. Right. So on the big ship, like the, the Carnival Dream, 600 people rammed into every one of your R-rated shows. It's, it's fantastic. See, for me, like... Uh, 
I'm not, I'm not, you're not going to be the first time you're hearing this from me, but, you know, there is that stigma to cruise comedy about the idea that it's all just, you know, whether it's, like you said, old comics or has-beens or hacks or, or cheerleaders, whatever you want to call them. But I, I, I know Louis C.K. has talked a little bit about cruise comedy in the, in the past year. For me, it's like I got into a point in my career, I'm 41, if I could do something that I love doing and I can pay the rent and get a little bit of joy out of it creatively, then why not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I, it's not like I don't have any free time there. Yeah. Like, I'll fly. So, for example, I will fly on Wednesday to San Juan to get on a ship. And uh, another comic and I will do five shows each in two days. We'll pull into port. The guests will get off. New ones will get on. And I'll do it again. Then I'll go to another ship. So you're, you're only with the people that you perform for for two days, roughly? Pretty much. But even that, like I was talking to Paul on the way here, you know, it's not even about bombing. Even when you're killing, I just don't want to be around those people because there's no sense of uh, anonymity or I can't even say the word. I never can say that word. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's always like it's always there. Someone's looking at you. That's the comic. That's the funny guy. Hey, funny guy. Yeah, but it's amazing what a baseball hat and a pair of glasses will do, right? Because I mean, yeah, but you're a normal-looking dude. I'm a short, fat troll. It's hard. To, I, 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 I got to go under a bridge. That's about it. I can hang under a bridge. If there's a, like a water slide and a bridge on a on a cruise, I can maybe do it. Well, I mean, and and you avoid like what's really neat um, uh, is that it's pretty much after a show is when people want pictures and everything else. Sure. Most of other times, like I'm be, I just put a hat on, and you don't get a lot. What's awkward is if I was in, a, like, the Miami airport and some people just come up and they go, oh, my God, we saw your show. Can we get pictures? Well, we're in the Miami fucking yeah, airport. Yeah, right, right. Everybody's looking over. I'm like, oh, they think I'm Michael Chiklis. Like, that's <laughs> right, got to right. be what they're thinking, right? Now, have you ever seen anyone airlifted off? Uh, no, Carnival ships don't have helicopters. Oh, that's a good thing. So Royal Caribbean, uh, they do. Some now, of the just so everyone ships. knows, if someone says a bad word or has some problem on stage, I mean, there's an old thing where people pat their chest like other entertainers, and that means someone's going to be airlifted off. I mean, that's kind of an old school thing, but that actually does happen. Never seen it. Wow. No, I mean, I know of guys who were who were fired for... Other things, um, right. whether it was uh, hanging out with guests, and I'm I'm using that term literally or liberally, <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, you're our well, blowies, you're, you're, blowies all around, right? <laughs> well, it's the double fisting she said earlier that scared me. I'm glad we're not sitting too close. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, there's two dudes. She's got two fists. <laughs> I was double fisting yeah. one. Come on. <laughs> that is a good guy. Well, it, it's. I mean, I've never seen it. I do know of a couple guys who were fired because they had stuff in their position they weren't supposed to have. And I've heard of a guy who just went a little too far on a family show, but it wasn't once. Right. It was a number of times. Look, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. If, if someone goes too far on something, I mean, it's hypocritical for me because I love freedom of speech, but I also understand the venue that I'm in. I mean, I do shows where they tell me I can't do certain jokes, and if I take the gig, then I have to abide by those rules. There has to be rules and regulations, especially when there's kids out there, and I'm a family man. I understand that. I just, like I said, I, I, I'm i not judging you. I think it's amazing you can do it. I just I, I couldn't do it. Well, what's funny, I mean, I had a woman come up to me because I have these cat jokes Right. Which I hate. I hate sure. these jokes. I hate your cat jokes, but that's okay. Uh, and you should. Brian Hope is another guy. They, I hate them, but at a, but at the family-friendly show. Of course, show. of course. Man, so I had a woman come up to me afterwards to show me pictures of her cats. Oh, nice. God. Oh, my God. Well, you do the cat jokes. You got to wear it. You got to wear the cat T-shirt if someone buys you one. So then she comes up to me uh, at the uh, the midnight show, and I do a joke 
um, about having sex with a woman while she's throwing up. So she comes up to me with this weird look on her face, and she was like, I don't understand how a person can write really nice, funny jokes about cats and then a joke about having sex with a woman while she's throwing up. I said, <laughs> I said, but you were laughing. I saw you. She goes, but I didn't want to. And so it was just a neat thing because you can go both sides of it, right? So I thought she was going to come up to you and show you a picture of her throwing up and then like, can we fuck now? Can we fuck now? My cats can watch. Oh, no. She must have been 60. It was... Uh, the cats so will clean up after the throw up. That's there right. <laughs> That's right. And clean Nan up too. Mm. No condom required. Um, now, let's talk about the Bite TV show, uh, Stand Up and Bite Me. When did it start? It started, what, three years ago? Uh, yeah, we did. It. We started three years ago. We've done three seasons, um, and it started about two years before that because Bite is a small station, so it took them uh, a number of years to be able to have a budget for it. Right. And it's a small cable, just for people listening, it's a small cable station up here in Canada. It's kind of growing into its own as another outlet for comedy because we only have one comedy network in this country, and uh, that's about it. So it's definitely growing into a, another option for people liking comedy. So it started three years ago, and go ahead. Yeah, no, it was just it was one of those things where you, at the time it was watching um, Last Comic Standing in the States, and it, it frustrated me as a comic that why are we forcing these people into a house to make comedy just let them do what they want to do. And so the whole point of the show was to make it so it was, you know, we didn't know the outcome. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it is as fair as we can make it. And I wanted to, you know, hopefully get a little bit famous so you can, you know, charge more money for shows. Of course. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and what's the format of the show? So people who people haven't seen it, just explain the rough format of the show. So the, the last time we did it, we did um, we did four preliminary rounds. Two in Vancouver, right. two in uh, uh, Mississauga, and then the uh, two for each round went. So eight in the finale we did at Second City, and the winner walked away with uh, $10,000. It was Bobby Mayer. Right. And then the second place guy was the online voting one, and he got five grand. And who won that? That was... Kevin Banner? Yes. Yeah, I, from, I don't know Kevin. Where's Kevin from? He's from... Souk, British Columbia. Oh, from the West. Okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, really good guy. He was uh, he was so happy. He's a great guy, and he also he he's a janitor at an elementary school, which I think is a hilarious job. <laughs> <laughs> that did not come up. Yeah, yeah. But he's wow. like, no, he's not creepy or anything. He's a he's a he's a great lad. But I just think that's a hilarious job. <laughs> now, why why do why do a show like a competition when, like you said, there are other shows already? Why not do a show where it's just kind of highlighting five or six comics an episode? I mean, well, it's I, just a. I did that. Um, uh, we did one season of a show on Byte called um, ugh, Jason Blanchard Presents Next to the Mic. I did right. not like the name. But basically it was a showcase where it was, uh, the whole point of that one was a comic could do uh, 13 to 15 minutes. Right. Unedited, uncensored. We wouldn't mess around with it. And then we'd do a little interview at the end. But the interview was more of a, you know, those cool road stories kind of thing. Sure. And so it was great. I loved it. Um, but there wasn't enough money in it because... We had to pay the comics, and this they get more. Um, they get more. Uh, it's easier to do a contest, apparently, because I mean, if it was up to me and I was to pick one, I would stick with the showcase. Oh no, but, no, I understand that, but is it is it generally because people you think people? And we're just trying to put our TV hats on here, which often comics do when they bitch coming back from shows. But do you think it's because people get excited about the idea that it's a competition, so they have a vested interest in watching it each week? And that's the world we live in now in the whole American Idol bullshit reality kind of thing? Absolutely. And it's, uh, it is horrible, but it, but it works, right? Right. No, I understand. I'm just wondering if that's, if that's the thought pattern because, you know, I, I think 
personally, these a lot of comics that get to comedy now is in our country, or even Comedy Central Presents, although not so much there, because a lot of comics that get those are very established comics. But in this country, some of those comics shouldn't have done 30 minutes. If they could have just done 10 minutes, and you had two or three guys for 10 minutes each, you'd have a great show, and it's... It is in the budget. When people say it's not in the budget, I don't believe that because I've done my own shows and produced my own shows. I just think that they don't want to do it. Not you, but I'm talking maybe Byte or the Comedy Network. Oh, yeah, no, and with Byte, it was much easier to get a sponsor for the contest than it was for the show, and that's what came down to. Yeah. And so now, I mean, we had to put it off this year because they want it to grow every year, which is a good thing. Sure. Uh, so that's why we just put it up. We take a step back so we can uh, uh, do it all over again uh, next year. And you, a lot of your background, and I know you you were talking to Paul before we even started this. You were in the military, right? I was. And how long were you in there for? Four years, one month, twenty three days. Wow. <laughs> and you've now since done a lot of shows for the military. Absolutely. And you know, would you? How much of your year is probably dedicated to doing shows like that? Do you think? Not nearly as much as I would like. Right. They, they like anything. It just goes in a in a cycle where all of a sudden you you get a number of the military gigs, and then the next year you don't get as many. Sure. So, I mean, the biggest one was being able to go to Afghanistan last November, which was uh, a phenomenal experience. And how long was that? Well, it was two days of travel, and we were only there for two days. Right. So we basically, we landed, uh, we attended the Remembrance Day ceremony. We did a show that night uh, in Kandahar. The next day, they flew me to Kabul, did one more show, flew back, and then went home the next day. And how big were the audiences that you performed for? Well, in Kandahar, there was like 900 plus. Wow. It, it was amazing. Wow. Like it was, and it started off so cool because we had the um, the Minister of Defense, Peter McKay, was there. Yeah. We also had the Grey Cup and the uh, Commissioner, Mark Cohn, was there. Okay. So the host brought me up. We had like 40 footballs that we were wait, chucking wait, wait, out wait, to the crowd. Were you funnier than the cup? Uh, thank God, yes. Okay, good, good. good. <laughs> well, it, was, it was one of the neat things where it was just fun to be throwing out the, the oh, footballs yeah, to the it, yeah. troops. Um, but before I went up on stage, uh, the lady who booked it, Louise, was a very sweet woman. She was just worried. She's like, don't go too dirty. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I said, trust me, I know these guys. We're just going to go as dirty as possible. And it was so much fun. Mm. Now, have you seen Louis C.K.'s uh, show where they do the whole military thing? Did you see that? His military one? No, I saw his last one. Uh, his last Not TV. as special, but his TV show. There's like a, an episode where they dedicate to him going out and touring for the military. And it was a very, very interesting kind of um, picture into what happens and how these tours are set up. And I was just wondering if you saw that. I haven't seen that one, no. Okay. Um, but, you know, your travels of doing shows for the military, what do you think you kind of bring back from that? For your own your own self and maybe your comedy, um, I just think they're very appreciative, right? Right, like those guys work really hard. So I mean, I even had problems. Uh, one of the guys in one of the majors in Afghanistan seemed kind of pissy uh, with us when we were eating lunch because he was like, "Wow, you know, it must be nice to come over here and they pay you all this money." Mm. And I was like, "No, I volunteered for this," mm. and the whole tune at the table just changed like they just seemed like oh you actually volunteered for this right so i mean and and you know as a guy who had served it's just nice to 
they're they're a good group of of men and women. So it's nice just to hang out and and, and that kind of stuff. I mean, I've always wanted to do it. I've done shows for the military. I've done a tour of Newfoundland for just the military. Uh, you know, I donated my time for five days. I've done tons of shows. I've never done any, any any internationally because I think a lot of people are worried about what I do. But I always find that very funny that these guys are staring what they're staring in the eyes of their own future and they don't want to hear the fuck word. Well, you oh know? fuck, they would love like that's the thing is that they yeah. would love they would love your act. You of know? course, of yeah. course they would. But, you know, the, the higher-ups have to, you know, abide by certain codes and rules. And I understand that, but it is it is sad in a way because every time I've done a show at a military base, except one because the booker was drunk, it was a fucking amazing experience. So you were in Kingston, right? No, 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 it wasn't <laughs> Kingston. I won't, I won't say where, but uh, every other place, I mean, I've gotten the coin. Like I heard you guys were talking about getting the coins and stuff like that. I've done, you know, a bunch of shows, and it's just an amazing experience. And they love the fuck word. They love the cunt word. They love it all. Oh, yeah. You know, they don't they don't see their friend die and then go, oh, poppycock. They just doesn't happen. You know, no one lives in that world. Nope. And uh, and that the dirtier, the better. And that's that's the sure. that is the problem. Uh, actually, one of the nice things in, in when I was in uh, Kabul, uh, we were having a barbecue with the troops. And all of a sudden behind me, I just hear Jason fucking Blanchard. And it was a guy that I went through uh, basic training and battle school with and served with two years in Calgary. Wow. So, yeah, it was really kind of neat. Unreal. Very yeah. cool. Now, you've done a lot of shows, Paul, as well, right, for the military recently in the last, well, at least a year or two, right? Uh, yeah. Jason and I have uh, really similar tours of uh, Afghanistan. I, I went um, for Christmas Day and Boxing Day there this wow. year. Um, and um, and uh, I'd also toured Iraq uh, for the Americans for um, that. That was a cool one because that one was 14 days, so you got a little. Sure. Bit, yeah, the where the uh, Afghanistan was a, just a quick two day one, and um, and uh, Kosovo as well for uh, for the Americans. But this uh, first time I got to do a Canadian one, and I I loved it. It was uh, it was unreal. And now with with the military the way it is over there, are these tours even still going on? Because everyone thinks everything's shutting down. Well, uh, I know that they're they're um, they're sending one more for sure. Um, they're 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 pulling out. Obviously, Iraq isn't going to have yeah. any more. Right? For sure. No, I know. But, That's uh, what I mean. But uh, yeah, I think it's slowing down. But um, uh, one of the fun things about this tour is uh, when we we did three bases, and um, and I was with uh, uh, Peter McKay, the Minister of Defense, and um, and the Chief of Defense Staff, and the Governor General, and. Uh, so every base we went to, we would sit down and they'd put a PowerPoint presentation on for the guys, mm-hmm. uh, and then they would sit the comics at the same head table, and we, <laughs> and you felt like the dumb kid in class. <laughs> like, yeah, but but you I, had to look like you were like, yes, I understand. Yes, mm-hmm, excellent, yeah. Um, but I got to learn a lot about um, what's going on over there, and and um, I mean the, the we are pulling out of there, but we're still going to be there for quite a while. Right. Yeah, they haven't given the reins right over to uh, to the Afghani's yet. So. Um, did so, you do the pistachios and the tea with uh, with the uh, the commander of the Kabul Camp Alamo? Yeah, at Alamo, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was kind of neat. I was there with Senator Pamela Wallen, and we had actually did a tour of a classroom. So one of the biggest problems in Afghanistan is since they've been at war since 1978, or uh, 86% of them are illiterate. Wow. Mm-hmm. So in teaching them basic training, they're also teaching them to read. So uh, once they do basic training, they're all at a grade one reading level, and then it goes on from there. So we kind of walk into this classroom, and Pamela Wallen is fantastic. She has this great speech prepared. So she talks about honor and everything else and how brave they are and you know, in the classroom and on the battlefield. And the interpreter then goes ahead and does his thing. And I realize I'm standing beside her when I probably 
should have waited at the back. So now everybody looks at me and I'm just standing there going, and all I could think of was you guys have no idea how much more enjoyable it is to have a magazine while you take a shit. (laughs) Right. And so then he's got to interpret. I'm like, oh my God, please laugh. Just please. (laughs) And so it was a nice delay, but it was, yeah, it was a, it was was a lot of fun. What about the, you know, the U.S. person who's got to make all those pamphlets on propaganda, dropping them for no reason because he can't fucking read them. (laughs) That job's got to suck. Think you're going nowhere fast. Redundant. <laughs> I saw one of those pamphlets. It's actually they have the they have pictures. Like it'll be. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's pictures. It's like yeah. that fucking folder on a flight where there's no words. They tell you how to get off the plane. Exactly. Yeah, I know. But yeah. everybody's smiling in those pictures, sure. like big smiles, and they're trading guns for food. And yeah, everybody's of course they like, are. This is how friendly it's. Well, yeah. it's all great over here, you know. It's like the people are smiling as they're they're sliding off that slide on a plane. Yay! Yeah. Right in the water. They're gonna find us before that shark does. Right? Yay! <laughs> and what's coming up for you in the next little while, Jason? You've got some dates, you got some shows. Uh, um, yeah, I'm doing a, a couple cruises in the next little while, but I'm uh, part of the uh, Canadian International Comedy Festival. They're doing a Wednesday night, uh, March 21st. Uh, that's the Stand Up with Bite at um, Second City, hosted by John Doerr. Okay, and who's all on? Do you know who's on that show with you? Uh, I, if I remember correctly, Simon King and Mark Forward. Okay, and both of them did the competition. Is that the the tie-in, or is it just their comics that are funny guys? Uh, well, Simon did uh, stand up and bite me. Okay, uh, the other two have not. Right. Uh, so they're just funny guys. Okay, that's cool. And uh, when you when's your next cruise? Actually, I leave on the seventh. I fly down to uh, Puerto Rico to get on the Carnival Liberty. Right. Yep. And you have a family, right? You you you're married. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm married, but my kids are eighteen and seventeen. Right. So I'm home for four days. I see them for an hour each. Right. They put the Xbox controller down. They say hi, and then they pick it back up again, kind of thing. Actually, I'm the one who uses the oh, okay, Xbox. Right. They're out with their friends. So yeah, I talk to them more when I'm on a ship through Facebook. Right. So it makes it nice. And do you do they ever come with you and and you know do you ever take that advantage? The kids haven't. Um, they were supposed to come my first Christmas if their grades were improving and they didn't skip class. Uh, both of them skipped once and therefore they lost their vacation. Ouch. Because I'm strict like Good. an asshole. My yeah. wife had come on a cruise last August and she's coming with me on the 24th of March. Right, as long as she doesn't skip work. Oh no! Well, she's um she's a theater tech, so she's on contract, so right. it works out well. Or let her housework uh, uh, lack that, and then she can't come if she lets her housework dip. Well, of course not. Yeah. Well, there's other things that can't dip for her to come. <laughs> one one thing I wanted to ask, and since we're all comics and we've all been doing this a long time, before you did comedy, was there what what was your job? What was your income? Was it the military or no? I'd been out for a number of years. I was actually uh, in sales in industrial fencing and automated gate systems. I bet. There's actually wow. a, there's actually a gate around the corner from here that I had sold years ago. Nice. So it was uh, like anything, like I think, well, I was on a dare. We went to, uh, a friend of mine got tickets to go see Mitch Hedberg at Yuck Yucks in 2000 uh, or 2000. And, uh, okay. And we went and uh, I went a couple other times. There was a, a comic, her name was Shanzi. I've never been able to find her because she left the stage to well, you guys are all talking, so I guess I should go. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst bomb I had ever seen at that point. Right. So it was like a friend of mine, like, oh, you could do this. And then that was it. I did my first spot in January 2001 at uh, the old Yuckas at uh, Young and Eglinton. And if you weren't doing comedy, what do you think you would be doing? Oh, for sales, most likely. Yeah? Yeah, well, it's just something, you know, that 
came natural. It was easy. It was fun. I don't know. I was in sales. I didn't like it very much. Well, I, feel, gotta... I feel if you don't really believe in the product, it's really fucking hard to get up every day. Oh, no, absolutely. I yeah. mean, I had quit jobs just because it was, you know, a, a product that at first you're like, well, I'm doing, um, I'm doing security systems. Really? No. I mean, you, you're better off to put a sticker on your door yeah. that says you have a security system because right there, that pretty much stops them. Well, yeah, you know, that was a, I used to do that joke a long, like 20 years ago on Amateur Night because in the back of the Inquirer, they had this thing where you, you could spend $10 and they would just send you the stickers that said you had a security system. <laughs> but here's the kicker. They showed you the sticker in the ad. So it's like you're just telling fucking people to come and rob you if you show the sticker in the ad. Oh, yeah. Well, I still have old stickers from the the place. I don't even think it exists anymore. But right. I mean, you just you just every time you move, you just stick up a new one. And you're fine. <laughs> and what about you, Meyerhog? You were you were at WestJet, right, the airline? Uh, yeah, I worked at I worked at Air Canada as well before WestJet. So, okay. Um, I was on the ramp with Air Canada and got laid off. Um, uh, just through a round of layoffs, and then uh, and then I went to WestJet and I worked there for um, I guess it would, uh, about uh, two years at WestJet. Wow. Yeah. Did you get your buddy pass? I did. Yeah. I was. It was actually. I really liked the lifestyle. I grew up uh, as an airline kid. My dad um, still works in the airlines. Um, oh, does he? Okay. He, yeah. So. Um, Which one? Uh, well, he he was um, he was the human resources manager of Air Canada, and um, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, and, uh, oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. And, and what rhymes with nepotism? Yeah. Oh, Meyerhoff. 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 Okay. And then. Uh, uh, he took a retirement package. They offered him a package, um, and because uh, he he'd moved us to Vancouver uh, to to get that position, and um, he didn't like he didn't like the direction of our lives, his kids' lives. You know, I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was getting in trouble. I was burning down sheds and skateboarding and all <laughs> and stuff. So uh, he he thought I needed to get back to the farm. So he um, he took a job with the uh, Edmonton International Airports and. Um, uh, now he's the terminal manager in Edmonton. Um, so, so if if I wasn't doing stand up, I I would be in the airlines. I actually really love it, and um, and I like the I like the travel uh, lifestyle when when you're employed with them. You know, you spend it's it's sort of like being a comic. You pretty much live in hotels anyway. Yeah. But you're just going around golfing and having fun. I think if I could do it all again, I would have gotten not so much into sales with my my business background. I would have tried to work for an airline just so you can get that lifetime buddy pass and go anywhere you want for fifty bucks. Yeah, but as long as you're not a flight attendant because i mean i oh, i wouldn't so, do that i couldn't do that the shit those people have to deal with yeah. man it's amazing how many cocksuckers there are who oh, fly. Yeah. yeah you know it's like a waiters in the sky only without the tips yeah oh not fuck. like that at all it's like that dude who freaked out two years ago and then just yelled at the guy and then pulled the slide out and got off and he was like you know people <laughs> kind of vilified him for a second i'm like man i wouldn't want to do that job not for a second well no i, I actually had the they, they this one guy would not shut off his kindle Oh, like, I've seen him, that like, many times. three times. times. I'm like, dude, shut off your fucking Kindle so yeah. we can fly. Yeah. Like... Just shut it off. And then when I started, everybody else around started to pipe up. So the guy ended up turning it off. Right. But, like, what a dick. And you see it all over the place. Well, yeah, because people are fucking assholes. Just uh, by nature, they're fucking assholes now. They don't read anything. They don't listen. They don't care. They're waiting for that light to go off things so I can put it back on again. Oh, yeah, I've seen people do phone calls when you're not supposed to do phone calls. And everyone else just kind of looks and just looks down at the ground. And, and now with those lounges, you can get super drunk before you get on the yeah. plane, oh, right? Yeah. So now people are even drunker. Oh. Yeah, well, see, yeah. my problem is, is with American Airlines, I have gold status. So I can get bumped up to first class. Right. 
which I fucking love. Man, sure. first class is the best. Mm -hmm. And anytime I get a chance to upgrade on another, like because they fly me down, but I can pay like 70 bucks sure. to bump up. I will always, always do that. It is so fucking worth it. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And those lounges are, uh, oh, yeah, that's Yeah, the lounges at. are yeah. the best. Yeah, oh. yeah. And you can even take a shower if uh, you <laughs> yeah. have a long layover. It's unbelievable. Well, I don't go that far. You don't? Oh, you gotta get into that. You don't shower. shower. Do you know my shower routine? <laughs> I, listen, oh, guys. they have these little scrunchies for your hair. Oh, no, it's amazing. <laughs> and if you, you throw this one switch, these two little people come and they do your pedicure while you're showering. And <laughs> look at me, I use my best dry shampoo today. Look at this. I don't need to shower. Oh my god! You're acting like the shower is the middle of the restaurant. No, it's, <laughs> it's not a show for everybody. We turned into a chick flick show now. And then we took a shower, and oh, it was great. No, but that is always that is always the worst part. I think of any comedy gig is is the travel. Whether you got to drive ten hours or whether you got to fly. I always yeah. say they don't pay me to do the shows; they just pay me to travel. Of course, mm -hmm. but I mean, I don't I don't travel that much as I used to, so I guess it's not as um, bad for me. Um, I don't I don't miss it. I don't miss driving twelve hours in the snow and almost dying. But I don't have that many memories of that happening, so I'm not. It's not so bad for me. Maybe for you, Paul, it's a little different being in Western Canada, where it's just by nature a lot more driving like that. Ever oh, do a Bob Angeli gig, oh, Paul? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was lucky. I dodged the Anjali uh, bullet, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I have I have countless stories about almost dying for fifty dollars in Saskatchewan. Like it was uh, yeah. when yeah, where we started, it was uh, it was rough, like, and and a few full on like uh, car accidents on the highway too, like full like rollovers, and uh, and of course that uh, that. Uh, the B.J. Woodbury one in Saskatchewan, too. On my first ever road trip, we were T-boned on the highway. It's just, fuck, it's an awful, awful place to start. Well, the first time we met was in Edmonton playing bowling. Mm -hmm. The comics, you guys used to do a comedy lunch on Tuesdays. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we went, uh, yeah, we went down uh, down bowling. Yeah, but uh, I, th that Angeli, my favorite Angeli story is uh, when Hedberg went and did the <laughs> did a run for Bob Angeli. And uh, and there were so many, you know, Hedberg caught a couple of complaints up in northern Alberta because they're not, you know, they don't really like artsy stuff. <laughs> so, artsy stuff. <laughs> yeah, or Mitch whatever. Or different, different things, you know. <laughs> or smart jokes. Or smart yeah. jokes. Just yeah, say yeah. smart jokes. Yeah, smart jokes. So then, He's uh, talking about rice yeah. fuck him yeah, yeah. faggot but Angeli says to uh, Hedberg he says uh, you know what buddy you're never gonna work for me another day of your life <laughs> he, said he fired Mitch Hedberg yeah. and then of course Mitch goes on to be like you know the biggest comic in the world well don't you remember uh, when you were in um, Grand Prairie Paul you were always following me or seeing me freak out I did a gig in Grand Prairie and the waitress or the person running the gig the waitress she's like 18 or 19 after some bullshit happened she tapped my knee she goes if you ever want to come back to Grand I said, hey, hey, we're done. <laughs> we're done. We're done. And then you were like the next week coming in. I remember you telling me, yeah, they really didn't like you very much, Darren. I go, yeah, they didn't. I was doing the casino and I heard about that. Yeah, well, I wished, AIDS, I wished AIDS on them. You can't wish AIDS on a town and then go back. No. If you go back, you have to have the cure to AIDS. That's how it works. That's how it works. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. But uh, if you want to push, how can people get a hold of you, Jason, or on the interweb? What's the best way? Oh, very easy. Just uh, jasonblanchard.com. Okay. And hopefully uh, next year, the Stand Up and Bite Me competition starts again on Bite TV. And if you're traveling, uh, check out the comedy club on the cruise. You may see Jason or another great comic uh, during your week of stuffing your face and the sun. Right? That's right. That's right. it. Okay, we're done. Thanks, Jason. Thanks so much. 
Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. Hi, it's Richard Latt. You're listening to Anything Goes on Laugh Attack at XM160. Get that shit out of your ears and put this shit in. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost, Dave Martin, and Kathleen McGee. All right, we're back from the break, and that was Jason Blanchard uh, that we interviewed. Uh, I've known Jason for a long time, and I'm actually quite happy that he's found a way to make his money outside of Canada and just has to come back to Canada and enjoy Canada. That's all he has to do now. He doesn't have to worry about anything else. Just enjoy this great country we have. It's perfect. It is. Pretty nice. I think I'm going to start doing cruise comedy. You would be such a good fit on there. Oh, yeah. Maybe we could start right. a, a show on the BC ferries to Victoria yeah. or something, right? Yeah. You put a fucking water slide on that thing, I'm there. That's my thing. Yeah. Or start an open mic on the ferry to the Toronto Island. Oh, man. The ferry's only five minutes. That's <laughs> right. My clothes we're are going, good night. And I jump off the boat. Everybody's not yeah. anything. Bye. A record amount of children crying when you're on cruise ships, Frosty. That'd oh, be awesome. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I'd go on a cruise ship to get away from crying kids. I have three of my own. Uh, this is something very interesting. You know, people always, uh, in the last couple of weeks, Apple has been getting dogged in the media about their um, their plans for future development in China of more plants and building and all that, that kind of thing, the technology. They can't reproduce it in America, and that's why the jobs are in China. Blah, 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 blah. Although I do agree with a lot of that, I had a very interesting thing that happened this week. My old Apple phone was not working correctly. So I took it into the Apple store in the Eaton Center, which is like a fucking flash mob it is crazy in there it's like rats and i'm like oh great fuck i even said that great fuck right at the door and the girl's there the little tablet oh what's the matter i'm like well it's pretty busy in here and my phone's not working oh one second and we weave through this thing and we see these two dudes hipsters tattoos and earrings and everything and you know they got the apple shirts on and they worked on my phone for 45 minutes they fixed it and they never charged me a dime it's a good thing, isn't it? That's they nice. didn't charge me a fucking dime. It makes me want to go pay twice as much for a laptop because the amount of bullshit that I've had with my fucking PC laptops, now I'm almost like, yeah, maybe China should be making this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll do that with your laptop too. That Genius Bar is awesome. Though. I know. But, yeah, and they'll fix that. I cracked mine, and it was my fault. I cracked it. And uh, they replaced all the outer workings for free. Complete. I didn't even have Apple Care or anything. They're great. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's just fucking it's crazy. Now you see why I don't turn this thing off when I'm in the studio. Oh, is that why? That's how great it is. How do, can I treat this? Oh, look how, how rough you just, just smash it around. She's just, she's well, cute. that's now she's your boyfriend. Your little phone's your boyfriend. That's right. It's always phone. open. It's always on. My phone is my boyfriend. Set on now. vibrate. Yep. Right. Was that so your excited. boyfriend that called just earlier? No, no. I, like I told you, it was some number I don't know. 5555? Five, 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 five? With all the fives in it. Yeah. I haven't listened to the voicemail yet, but now I'm so intrigued. Who could it be? Yeah. Now you guys <gasps> were you guys were man talking while we were on during the break there. What happened there? You, your man's no longer around? Is that what's going on? Oh, yeah. No, I'm single now. I was oh. in a relationship for three and a half years. We lived Whoa. together. It was a long one. Yeah, but it was like a piece of gum. It lost its flavor, and then I broke up. Ouch, burn. I hope this guy doesn't listen to the show. Oh, no, but he was so nice. Half price rent and half price Rogers. It was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you can take away from it for three and a half years? With half price Rogers. it was really nice. We both like Tank House. We had a lot in common. It was really nice. Still, I like being single. You were treating me like it was uh, old news, though, but I haven't seen you. Last time I saw you, you were were fixed up, you know? And was the guy in the business? No, he um, is a student, and he played oh, okay. frisbee golf quite seriously. 
Can you make a living at Frisbee golf? golf? Can you make a living at that? Um, Is there like big sponsorships in that? Or? Um, no, Darren, I'm not going to lie. Frisbee golf hasn't quite taken off the way he okay. hoped it. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Yeah. For years, I was a competitive light bright player, and I just can't, there's no sponsors. There's no sponsors. Yeah, tough market. It's tough. It was fucking tough. And then one time the power went out, and no one really got anything. They couldn't even reward the gold medal. Just everything looks just black screens. Oh my God! Competitive well, light bright play. And, and you're not getting into trouble because we were just talking about your your newest single, and you're not getting into all sorts of trouble. No, I really. I mean, I'm. Don't worry. I'm surprised by myself too. But because you no. were trouble when I lived here, you were trouble. What? I was trouble. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard. What? Yeah, <laughs> like me. Really? Yeah. Is there some other girl in the room that I don't see? No. Uh, no, I don't think I'm trouble. I think I'm. I'm I don't fun. know. I'm just saying whatever. <laughs> Why is my voice going super high? All of a I'm not trouble. Why is my face red? I'm not trouble. I just double fisted a guy. That's all. What are you talking about, Darren? I just go around fisting boys and I go home. Oh, well, there's nothing wrong with that. A reasonable hour. Uh, but guess what? You'll get a better, better sponsor than Frisbee Golf. I'll tell you that much right there. There are products you can use for double fisting that you can't use in Frisbee Golf. Exactly. So if anybody's bored this weekend and wants to go out for some fisting. Uh, so. That's right. Just go to the Anything Goes uh, Facebook Please page. Not. And put double fisting. fisting. Follow me on Twitter. At walking sauce. <laughs> That's right. Here's the reason it's walking sauce. You got to lube up first with the sauce, and then you double fist. First we sauce, then we yeah. fist. You walk in, you sauce, you fist. Sauce yeah. and sauce. Fist. I like that. Sauce. Oh my god. Sauce. See, yeah. that's what we normally talk about. Not just you know, not just things like comedy. We get into other things too, right? Like that's fisting. And... and I haven't fisted or gotten drunk in like a days at least. I feel like well, I days. I hope so. Well, you yeah. walked in here pretty I... confidently. I hope it's been days. I don't want to brag, but I went last week. I went six days. Okay, five and a half, and then the sixth day I cracked. Six days without drinking. For me, that's like rehab. That's right. a long time. That's right. pretty good. Yeah, man. It was so fucking boring. And you like, have to take some day breaks between fisting. You can't go back to the right. I, yeah. right. I do. Sometimes it starts to swell up. And you, want yeah. to get a you can only blame I fell down so many times when it comes to fisting. I fell down inside myself. It doesn't really work. Why are you limping like that? I know. There's no external bruising. Something's going on there. Let me go get a little... Five days. That's pretty good off alcohol. That's a long time. That is, yeah, in yeah. my world. Yeah, my my. I've been off of French fries and beer since the first. Holy crap! I could not give up either of those things. Well, that's my reasoning. Is it's the, my two most favorite things in the world. So I love them. Uh, why? Why did you? Why? Why do you want to cut yourself off your two favorite things in the world? Because if you have salad instead of French fries in our business with every meal uh, over the year, that's oh, a, yeah. that's a punt load of salad. So I oh, thought yeah. that would be helpful. Yep. And beer, we drink every night. Well, you know, you have a couple. You're not drinking to get drunk every night, but uh, that a couple of beer adds Calories. up as well. Yeah, so right, yeah. might as well. I, th- I switched over to vodka sodas, and uh, and here well, we look are. Look at you, ladies. The man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that great? <laughs> Who's the bitch in this room now? Yeah. I switched over to vodka sodas <laughs> for the calories. <laughs> I mean, Just well, fist like, me and get it over with. Just I like to go home me. after show and do sweating to the oldies with Richard, and I just relax. You I guys just relax. In your vodka and your freaking showers. Oh. You go screw yourself. I'm gonna That's get right. some beer and go fist some guy. I'm gonna get hammered and get a pedicure and I'll tell you where in the lounge at the airport vodka sodas for everyone <laughs> alright well we are out of time I do want to thank Paul Mirahoog for coming in and sitting in for Dave Martin thank Yay, you Paul, Paul. Yeah. let's just talk quickly about your future shows coming up you got some coming up let people know about them okay uh, you can find me online at paulmeyerhog.com yep 
And uh, this weekend, I'm going to be at the uh, Kitchener-Waterloo Comedy Festival. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, in the UK, I'm moving over there. If you happen to be in uh, Singapore or Indo or um, or J- Jakarta, um, Cambodia, that's the Asia Comedy Clubs. And uh, I'll be going through those starting April 11th. So uh, right. check it out. Perfect. And Walking Sauce, where are you going to be? Um, let's see here. Well, okay, um, St. Patrick's Day weekend, I will be at Yak Yaks and Ajax. And the weekend after that, actually, I'm doing a fun show at the Downtown Club on the Friday and Saturday, I think it's the 22nd, 23rd, with Nikki Glazer from New York and Rebecca Kohler. Oh, nice. Well, and what's that show Ooh. called? Like um, Cool Chicks or something. Crass right. Chicks or something? What's yeah, it? I don't know what it's called. Some, some. But I'm excited. It's going to be back in good times with Lady good Comics. Uh, and for me, March 12th, I'm doing a live stream internet broadcast from the Rivoli at the Alt Dot Comedy Lounge. A bunch of other big comics are on that. Deborah Giovanni, Christine Von Hagen, Nathan McIntosh. Uh, big list of comics, so check that out. And also, in April... April, I just wanted to push this. On April 14th, I will be in PEI at the Guild with Kenny Robinson. And the following two weekends, we'll be doing Alberta Dirty Tour. First in Calgary on April 19th to 21 at Yuck Yucks. And April 26th to 28th at the Edmonton Yuck Yucks. So any more information, my website is comedyhorror.com. And we have new episodes on iTunes if anything goes. So please check that out. And also our Facebook page is updated with lots of pictures and other extras that are coming up in the next few weeks. So until next week, thanks for everyone for showing up. Thank you to Jason Blanchard. Thank you to Paul and Victoria for making us sound good. And good luck on your travels, Paul. Thank you very much. Thanks Cheers. for having me. That was awesome. Next Thanks week, us. Christina, next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll be here next week. Another seven fisting. days of no drinking and I'm, fisting. No, I'm getting really drunk before next week's episode. Right. I've already decided. Wait.